you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waite, the Fearless Business Coach. I have got an amazing guest on today in Richard Lau. I should have asked you how I had to pronounce your name before we started, but was, I, was I close? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, Good. There we go. So welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. So Richard is the um, founder of Logo.com. And I think anybody in this day and age, because um, the internet's been around for 30 years, when you can get a domain name that's only four letters long, you know that this guest is going to be ultra and extra special. So I'm definitely interested to um, to find out more about um, Logo.com. Um, first of all, though, um, we'll just dive straight into it because we have a lot of um, coaches, consultants, freelancers, Richard, in the group. And a lot of them are always considering kind of um, how they're perceived to the outside world, you know, one of the first things you see in an online business or any business for that matter typically tends to be their logo. Um, but there is also a downside to kind of overthinking the logo. So um, talk to us about kind of um, what's going on there. Why, why is overthinking your, your logo a potential issue, especially when it comes to sales? You know, I think a lot of people... Um, they, they really do get wrapped up um, and it's, whether it's it's part of the procrastination of um, of doing smaller tasks rather rather than you know getting down to the nitty-gritty of what you are uh, providing as value to your clients um, they can get wrapped up in you know choosing office furniture choosing a monitor you know um, and in the same way they get wrapped up in choosing their logo design and so we we've seen you know we've, I've looked at tens of thousands of logos now, um, uh, you know, personally spent time on each one and each, um, of the logo designs as we're analyzing them. So what we, what we can see and, and, um, what we're, what we're after in, in that process is seeing what are people, um, as clients or potential clients absorbing when they're, when they're seeing a logo and what is it that you're communicating in that microsecond and you know when you're looking at the larger companies, what are they communicating when they're um, when they're spending you know tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on what looks to be at the end of the day um, just a font wordmark? And so, and why are they doing that? And so, what we've seen is um, it's not it's not a blanket you know um, statement, but in general, um, what you see is you can see that if a logo is overly detailed or overly um, cartooned. Um, they, they've packed a lot of different um, aspects that they're trying to communicate through their logo. You know, it might have two people, you know, five colors. Um, you know, they've got uh, overlapping font. They've got, uh, you know, a ball and a balloon and some flowers. Um, if they, if that's all packed into a logo, generally that, um, communicates that it's a small firm. And, um, you know, that can work if you're wanting to say, look, I am a, a, a one person um, solution for all of your problems. Um, but if you're trying to communicate that you're a uh, firm that's larger than potentially you are, or that you're, you know, wanting to have a logo that represents where you're going to be in the future, and they are going to be able to expand into, then you need to kind of Take a step back and say, am I overanalyzing my logo? Am I trying to pack too much in? Am I communicating that I'm a small firm? And a lot of people have it backwards that they're thinking, the more I spend, the more time that I spend in designing the logo and packing as much into it as I can, that that's going to show, um, you know, attention to detail and that I'm communicating so many things um, when in in fact, the actual, the opposite is, is what you're communicating. You know, if you take a look at IBM, um, you know, just your Apple, um, you know, you've got a very simple logo and it's communicating, um, you know, the, the professional um, solidity um, of this large organization. And, you know, that's why the, the, the simple word marks um, 
you know, move maybe one icon is really the uh, the best um, solution that I can recommend for a, a new or growing business. Well, you can look back through um, sort of Apple's, you know, the evolution of the Apple logo. And it's it's really fascinating because it really plays out exactly what you've just said there. Like the early version of the Apple logo was busy. It was like disorganized. It, it, it talked of exactly what you just said there, small company. And then gradually as you go through the, like the evolution of man, but with the Apple logo, it's, it just gets more and more simple. They strip out the colors. They make the shape just a really nice kind of like clean, clean lines around the outside. And then finally you end up with the kind of, you know, the current Apple logo that's slapped on the back of all of the devices. And, you know, I've, I've kind of, I don't know if you know, but I used to run a, um, uh, a marketing agency. And as part of what we did was actually branding. And we get clients coming in all of the time talking about the logos. And we're always like, you know, I want this color and this color and this color. I want this shape and I want all this stuff in there. It's like, no, 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 no. One, I'm colorblind. So asking me to put loads of colors together is a really bad idea. So let's keep this simple. And two, it's just, it's just easier. And it's one of the reasons why for fearless, we just went for like just a really simple, like if we could flat color one word, you know, doesn't have to be complicated. How, how though did you kind of get into, cause you've been, logo.com has been around for a while. How did you get into sort of this passion for logos in the first place? You know, I've been in, um, I just turned 50 this year and I've been uh, an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur since I was 22. And so I've been through a lot of different businesses myself and I've done a lot of um, logo, been on the other side where I'm the client, um, getting logos designed either for the companies I'm working for or for the clients I'm representing or for the domain names um, that, that we're marketing. And so myself, I have been that that logo design customer hundreds of times. And so I've gone through that process um, and sometimes it's very painful. And, um, you know, especially in the early days, it was extremely expensive. You know, I've I've been with a company where we spent $15,000 on that logo design. And now looking back, you know, 30 years, I look at that logo and I I just shake my head like, why did we spend $15,000 on this logo design? and, but, you know, companies are still out there doing that and there, there is a place for that. Um, so it's not that, that logo.com is replacing the $15,000 um, design house. That's not it at all. But if you are a smaller company, um, small business, uh, solopreneur, uh, or you've got a side gig, then you probably have a budget of, you know, anywhere between, say, um, 20 and $500. And that, you know, that bucket, um, you're going to have roughly the same quality. And it's just, are you, who, are you, who are you trusting to deliver to you a unique um, design, one that is professional, one that's going to communicate? And, and, and working with a design um, company or person that is um, on the same page as you. And so that, that's where we're targeting, logo.com. And so having gone through the process of being that client, you know, over the years, we um, have, I put down all of the things that I, I want in a logo design house. And uh, the, the, the top is speed and price. <laughs> um, and because if you can, um, you know, I've gone on Fiverr and I've ordered, um, you know, 20 from 20 different providers um, because then in, in within a, one to three days, I'll have 20 different designs. And it's not just for logos, it's for flyers, it's for postcards, it's for, for different things. But you're, you're trying to solve um, for speed and price. And Fiverr is a, is a great, uh, great um, solution because you can get things for, you know, we did a charity event, we needed um, 10 different flyers, we, we put out uh, 20 different um, orders um, at $5 a piece. You know, and so for $100, um, we get these 20 designs, we pick 10, and those are ones we use, and the average cost is $10. Fantastic. There's no way that we can, we can do that on our own. But when you're doing it on logo design, we, we thought, well, what if, what if we were able to um, you know, apply the computing power, um, algorithms, you know, pre-analyze millions of, of logos, of public logos, um, analyze what people are, are um, wanting to um, talk about when they're going through that um, conversation. Because I've, I've personally gone through that conversation hundreds of times. And so it's like, well, this is, this is what we're talking about. Well, what if we could solve that 
um, with computing power and have those conversations, virtual conversations inside of an algorithm so that you, um, you type in what you're looking for in terms of business name, industry, category, et cetera, and that we spit out um, the, the, uh, the results of these hundreds of conversations in a matter of seconds. Because, it, you know, you, if, you, if you're an engineer, you go to Google and your first day on the job, one of the things they say to you is, if you had unlimited computing power, unlimited memory, unlimited bandwidth, and unlimited, um, you know, resources, what would you build? So that's what we decided to do with Logo. Um, you, you know, the, the, the story of getting Logo.com is kind of a different kind of entrepreneurial path. But once we had Logo, it's like, what would we do with this? And we, we spent years thinking about it before we, we you know, put fingers to keyboard. Um, and, you know, the first time we did it, we failed. We turned it off. We let it sit for another three, four years um, before we started back up because we were like, the tech isn't ready yet for the ideas that we're wanting to implement. And so now it's been just over a year um, and we're, we're hitting it on all cylinders. Every day we're, we're improving. There's still lots of room to improve, but um, what we're able to produce now is, um, wow, I wish we had been, I wish I'd been able to have access to that as a client, you know, uh, 20 years ago and I would have saved 50,000 on our first company. I'm not going to let you get away with the dropping in that there's a story behind how you got logo.com. I, you're going to have to share that now. You, you, okay. you let us in there. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you know, your your audience probably doesn't know who Richard Lau is. So, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of give him an intro. Please do. You know, I, I've been involved in the internet since the early days. And, you know, I was back, I was in the beeper business, um, you know, running a, a, a beeper paging company for, for, um, for a public company here in Canada. And one of the guys that I was working with went off and started a dial-up ISP. You remember, you know, you yeah. had the fourteen-four. Oh, that was he used to annoy thing. my parents when it was like you dial-up and then like, get off the internet. We need to make exactly. a call. <laughs> you know, um, windsock. You know, um, so just doing all of that dial-up thing. So I actually went and did some advising for his company as um, for for their marketing and for their um, operations sign-up. Um, you know, the call center sign up. And I was talking with some of their customer service reps, um, guys that I actually knew, um, and they were registering domain names for clients. And those clients were real estate agents. And um, they were charging them uh, over and above any registration fees. They were charging them $100 just to register the domain name. Um, but the, at that time, these, you know, it was a wide open field. It was 1997, 1998. And so I, um, I, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm sure you could, you know, write a, a script to be able to do this and to at least be able to um, search for the domains because literally the real estate agents, um, the realtors would call in to these customer service guys and they'd say, hey, you know, they're just driving along. They're like, hey, is Libya.com available? What about, you know, can you just run all the countries? And they sit there manually typing in, searching um, for, these, for these domain names. And so uh, um, on the side, I, I built a, uh, a search script that you could, you know, visit the website, search for a domain name. And if it was available to register, it would fill in an email form and you'd e it would email the form into Internic, which was the predecessor for Network Solutions, um, which was the predecessor for VeriSign. Um, and if it was still available, which generally it was, then um, it would register the domain name. Um, it would create a landing page um, on my, you know, branded with my company that said, you know, Domains Direct, um, and it would offer an upsell, um, which would say, you know, if you'd like email forwarding or you'd like URL forwarding, then pay this fee. Um, and that was that was really the money, right? It was uh, doing the upsell, and um, so it's uh, that that. That's how I got my start in the domain name business is I, I grew that from something um, as a side gig into a full-time job, um, working for myself, um, then I started to hire people, and I turned that into um, a domain registrar. So I was one of the first 30 domain registrars um, that were ever approved. And 
um, you know, I, I'm just hitting, you know, I, I literally went from working at home in my slippers, you know, it's a, it's a so cliche, but it was totally true. Um, my wife actually bought me these bunny slippers just so that it could round out the entire <laughs> cliche. And, um, but I went from working for my, you know, for myself in the spare room, um, in my slippers to having, um, three offices in different time zones. Um, and we were doing six figures a month in revenue. Wow. And so, you know, at the time I then moved from Canada to Bermuda and shortly after moving to Bermuda, um, I, um, was diagnosed with colon cancer. And so wow. I'll, I'll jump back into that in a bit. But, um, what that meant was that I needed to, um, you know, stop working really. And, you know, I was working 80 to hundred hours uh, a week. I was sleeping at my desk, um, even though it was at home, um, you know, I had a home office. I would like literally just sleep at my desk because there were, we had three offices, three different time zones and the business never stopped. And it was always a problem. Um, and so, you know, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. Um, I, I survived it, but I basically divested myself of the company. I merged it with a company in California. Um, that was a disaster. Um, and so then I basically came back to Canada with a severance check. And, um, so at that point I, I was 2002 and I talked to my clients, um, who have been registering domain names for now for several years. I'm like, how do you guys make money? Like you guys are all just sitting at home. You know, the pictures I see on your Facebook look like you're living a great life. How do I, how do I do what you're doing? And a few of them took me under their um, under their wing and showed me how to buy and sell domain names, how to judge what um, has value, um, how to broker who's buying and selling. And I, I jumped in with both feet in 2002. And so now, you know, over the next uh, 10, 15 years, I um, bought and sold um, thousands of domain names and along the way built up my own portfolio. And... One of those names was, um, was resume.com. Another of those domains was logo.com. Um, also have face.com, rides.com, hockey.com. Those are my jewels. You know, I've got, wow. I've got so many domains that I can't even name them all. But these, these jewels are, you know, the other end of the pendulum, right? Um, the, in terms of, of quality and value. And so... Um, with resume, we we took that and said, okay, we've got an idea for um, a business here. Let's build it. And so we built a team around it. Um, I, I had a project manager who was who was you know living and breathing it, and um, he implemented it. Uh, you know, we built it up over the span of about six years. Um, we had ten employees um, here in Canada, and then Indeed.com purchased the whole business, including the domain. And so then um, I did a, in the meantime, at the same time I was doing a resume, I was uh, running a domain name conference in Las Vegas, uh, which became the largest um, internet domain name conference um, every January in Las Vegas. Now it's owned by GoDaddy. And um, so once I had divested both of those, I was like, okay, what's, what's in my inventory that excites me, um, that I'm passionate about, that is going to be helpful? Right. With resume, it was about helping people, mostly high school and university students, um, get better jobs because we existed. With NamesCon, it was about bringing the community together and helping the community um, have a an event to uh, to um, to uh, to um, hold annually um, an event that uh, that brought everyone together so that they could you know write a rising tide raises all boats yeah and so when I looked at the portfolio I'm like well hockey.com even though I'm Canadian you know I can't name more than five hockey players so I'm not qualified <laughs> to build that out and and so I go through the different things and there are some um, other domains in there that I think would be helpful but that would probably take a lot more capital like rides.com. Um, or face.com, but with logo.com, I'm like, I am the customer, right? It's, it's like the, uh, it's like the, the shaving company, you know, where he's like, I loved it so much. I you know bought the company. And I was like, this is something that I know what the pain points are. This is something that I, I know what we can do to solve it. If the technology has caught up, then let's try it again. 
And, and you know, that's hard to do is like, you know, you've lost money on this project already. Um, you've failed at it once, you know, what's, why would you succeed again? Um, and so we, we took all of the lessons that we learned in resume and we dusted off logo.com and we're like, um, did a, uh, an MVP, um, just to see, are the pieces out there available? Um, in some cases, the answer was no, but the solution was, well then hire people and write it ourselves. And so, um, because we had done that with resume, we knew that we could then do that with logo. Um, and so that gave us the confidence to put the team together and, and build it out. And we've spent, um, a year and a bit, um, building it out, um, a lot of, uh, blood, sweat and tears. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's a fantastic product, um, and, and something that we're really proud of. And it's, it's helping, um, you know, small, uh, medium sized and solopreneurs get online fast and inexpensively. Wow, so many questions. Um, <laughs> where do we start? Uh, it's uh, it's one one reflection which I've got for you, and I, I don't know whether this is a fair reflection or not. But it strikes me that you kind of the your sense of purpose changed from before and after getting ill, and and cancer is is going to change your life. And I wonder how much of kind of your lifestyle before contributed to you getting ill, but actually what came out of that. Uh, and what I mean by sense of purpose is it strikes me that with resume.com, with logo.com, you're very driven, like passionate about what is the client going to get out of this? How can we change people's lives through technology and through what we're building here? Yeah. And, and I wonder whether, you know, is that, is that a fair reflection? Would you say that, that that purpose is like paramount for the businesses which you set up and run now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, my prior, you know, the, the um, colon cancer was definitely a, a milestone in my life. And I was 30 years old. Um, you know, I'd spent my twenties, um, working six, seven days a week, um, you know, just providing, um, kind of a, a base and a head start for, for my entrepreneurial life. And, you know, um, it was a big wake up call to, to be told, you know, you've got, uh, you're, you're never going to leave this hospital. Um, you've got six between six and 18 months to live and, um, you know, you should, you know, make your final arrangements. And to then have, um, you know, by, by um, absolute miracle, uh, to have that second um, um, chance at life, um, you really, um, you know, you're not just living on borrowed time, you're living on gifted time. And so um, for me to have had that at age 30, rather than waiting until I was, you know, 55 or 60, when you're, you know, a lot of people start to reflect, um, it was a real gift. And um, so... You know, I absolutely, I was like, how do I work from home? How do I spend more time with my family? Um, how do I provide for my family, but um, do it in a way that at the end of the day, isn't just about money. It's about leaving an impact on the world. And so it was like, well, I'll, I just want to be helpful. You know, at the end of the day, I want to be helpful. I want to have left whatever relationship um, that is in a better state than when I entered. So whether that's with friends, family, or clients. And so, and if the, if the client had a, if it was better for the client not to do business with me, I would tell them, you know, a better solution is my competitor, right? They, they've got a better fit for you. Um, you know, I, I, I want to leave that relationship. If, if someone gives you money, it says a thank you for delivering value. But if you're not the best value, then don't deliver the, don't, don't take, accept their money. Um, so it's at the end of the day, that was really what was, um, you know, kind of what I took out of, uh, the, the, the massive, um, you know, change in my life. And so it was, uh, it, it was, it, it was a journey. It wasn't an overnight thing. I would say it probably took me, you know, a good, uh, five to eight years after, um, colon cancer to, you know, really, um, yeah, have things all shake out in terms of, you know, what is the best life to live for, for myself. And your, your son was um, three months old at the time as well, kind of when you, when you moved and ended up um, getting colon cancer. And I, there's also something which I feel um, children are um, a massive life changer, uh, not, not just because of like the screaming and the poo and stuff like that, <laughs> but, but 
but actually it kind of does make you reflect on life as a whole as well. So you kind of had not, it was a double whammy. You had the colon cancer and you'd also got a young child as well. And, uh, I, you know, from, from my, I've got a six and a four year old now. And I know that when, when I had both children, things changed. It was kind of like, right now I've got a sense of purpose. I want to change the world and make a difference and do it the right way. Yeah. And I, I love the fact you, you, something which we talk about a lot of, uh, fearless business, um, as well as about, um, the folk, the sole focus is always a hundred percent on the client. If you find yourself going into a sales situation whereby you need to sell something in order to pay for your mortgage and to put food on your table. Now, all of a sudden the focus is on you and not on the client. And that's not the right, that's not the right way to sell at all. That's not ethical. Um, and a lot of business owners find it very hard to kind of walk away from stuff when there's nothing in it for them. Um, you've had a, you've had a lot of different opportunities. Um, I'd say throughout your career and how have you known, like, when is the right time to double down on something and go for it and versus the other, the opposite of that walking away from it? How do you know? You know, I think that um, it's, it's definitely something I've struggled with um, in terms of having websites or projects go on longer than they should have. And so I've, um, you know, I brought in a, a business partner fairly late in, in, uh, in my life. Um, so it's probably even, going on 10 years now and that business partner when he came in um didn't have that sentimentality of the hey you know you're you've got this these pet projects so you've got this something on the side um that you're you know flogging a dead horse on and so he um you know he's got an mba it's like you know surround yourself with smarter people and whether that's hiring someone whether that's bringing in a a, a um a mentor or um, having a mastermind uh, group that you're part of um, or having a coach, um, you need that, um, that um, third party to look at what you're doing um, and just be a, either a sounding board or an accountability or a, um, just a, 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 a check, right? To say, are you doing what you should be doing? are you doing this for the wrong reasons? Are you doing this because you've got sentimentality? Are you doing this um, as a hobby? If so, you know, this doesn't mean you should shut it down, right? None of these reasons mean that you have to shut it down. Yeah, it may be sentimental, but if you recognize, hey, this is sentimental, I'm just doing it for that reason. Um, Well, then there may be reasons, you know, your value isn't necessarily coming out of it as money. Um, So, you know, having someone, whether whether that's, um, you know, having someone in your life, you know, don't go it alone. Um, that That's the way to be able to say, um, am I doing the things that I should be doing? And, um, you, know, uh, you know, should I turn this project off? Is it, has it run its course? You know, am I flogging a dead horse? Because that's the, the, the struggle as an entrepreneur is, you know, your um, tenacity and perseverance versus flogging a dead horse, right? You know, knowing when to call it quits. And that is a a huge struggle. Um, And a lot of it is gut, but you can do a gut check by bringing someone else in who's smarter than you, that you trust, that you respect, to say, hey, look at what I'm doing. What do you think? And, um, you know... Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, but um, it's better than just um, being in your own echo chamber. I think there's something as well to be said for like you, you. There's clearly something in your DNA for this because you've you've not you've had multiple kind of successful startups and um, you know exited multiple businesses. So I always say kind of with anything like you know you, it can be luck just to do something once. It's kind of like you know uh, strike. It, it doesn't become genius until you've kind of done it like you know three, four, five times. You know so that there's actually a plan behind it. And you've you've been through sort of multiple exits now with the businesses that you've kind of built. Um, and gone on to sell, but what what would you say kind of goes into? So, I mean, a lot of our the people listening are going to be running sort of small businesses, and they 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 you know they will be thinking about scaling at some point. But what would you say is the, um, the kind of the key to designing a business that is ultimately going to be ready for some kind of an exit? Yeah, so that's a great question. I mean, I when I look back over my life, I've done five exits. One one exit was for um, a company that I was working for. Um, it was very messy. Um, another exit I did myself, um, you know, during the colon cancer um, ish, um, 
you know, session of my life. And, and that was a, it was a terrible exit. Um, because I really, I look back at that and I lost $4 million in value and really got a severance check. Um, and then, uh, you know, since then I've done three successful exits. And when I look at those, I, I, I say, okay, well, what, when I'm offering advice to others on, okay, what have I learned so that you don't have to go through the, the, the through the pain is plan to exit from day one. So when you're putting your, when you're putting your items together, when you're putting your um, plans together, when you're um, doing your daily um, processes, put it down in paper. Um, have, a, have, a, have a Google Doc that, that talks about what you're doing so that you can pass that along, right? Make sure that you're, whatever you're doing is going to stand the due diligence tasks, whether it's two years or 10 years down the road. You know, we see in the logo.com business, we see people that are incorporating fonts into their logo designs that they're not licensed for, or they're using icons um, that they're not, uh, and then delivering the icons to the client in a way that um, breaks a license. And they cover themselves by saying, okay, well, you agree to these terms and conditions of from here and here and here, um, and you waive all rights. You know, so yeah, it's sure they covered themselves, but in such a way that it's not good karma, right? Um, they're going to leave their, their clients high and dry. So if a large company comes along and looks at that, they're like, hmm, so you've had, you know, over the years, you've had, you know, 100,000 clients, um, but th those are 100,000 skeletons that can come out of the closet because when we do our due diligence, you didn't do the proper licensing back here. And so, you know, they might grow quickly, might have great revenue, might have a great story, but when it comes down to the due diligence um, of a purchaser looking at, at your company, um, is it going to pass that test? So don't do anything today that is going, you're going to regret when it gets down to the due diligence. You know, the ends don't justify the means. You know, getting to high revenue fast, um, but in a dirty way, is going to fail when you go to uh, make an exit. Um, and having gone through the due diligence process now three times, I can tell you, they look at everything and I do mean everything, you know, um, I had, uh, one, one of our spaces was a sublease from a friend and the, uh, the company was like, well, we're a public company. You have to have a lease in place. So I had to go and put a lease in place and the, the cost of putting the paperwork for the lease cost more than the lease itself because it was such a tiny little space and it was just like, Oh, you know, anyway, um, it was, it's like those, uh, mistakes, like not having, um, that paperwork in place, um, will get caught and it will cost you. So it will either cost you the deal or it will just cost you money to, to fix it. So, um, just while you're doing your business, run it clean, run it um, when it's going to pass the test. And so, you know, when we're running logo.com right now, we're making those decisions. We're like, okay, well, you know, these are the fonts to choose from. I really like that one, but it's not available under a license that would allow us to use it inside of a um, logo maker that generates logos um, uh, on an automated basis. So it's just not, it's not something we can use, even though we see our competitor using it. Um, but you know, that's, that's not, uh, you know, there's something better or just as good that we can get that's going to have good karma is not going to leave our clients high and dry. Um, and I, I feel badly for, you know, the entrepreneur or my competitor who's doing this and they're not going to be able to sell, but I also feel badly that their clients are trusting them to provide a, a good service and then they're um, you know, they're just not. And so it's like you, whether you're buying your, your, um, it comes down to trust, you know, whether you're buying your logo design from Fiverr or from a $15,000 domain agency, or you're doing it from, you know, logo.com or one of our competitors, you have to be able to trust the provider because your logo is going to be front and center of your business. And you don't want someone to come back to you and say, Hey, that's my font. You know, I'll use my font. Um, and then be forced to change. So, you know, 
um, but I trust. think that your, I was going to say your competitor, like their success driver is obviously, you know, maybe it's financially driven and they don't care about that stuff so much, but also like, I, and, and again, I think this is really, um, important. Like you, you said, oh, you lost $4 million in that deal, but actually that $4 million was probably one of the best payments for education you ever could have got. Oh, like yeah. you, <laughs> you could not have paid that and got what you got out of that. Um, experience an, on an yeah. MBA or at school, you know, or anything like that. And what's what's missing for your competitor is they've not had to pay that price for that education yet. Right. And I, I liken it to, and I, ho- I hope people don't mind me sharing. I hope you don't mind me sharing this story, Richard. But um, I had a, I had a very similar experience, like in my um, my late teens, well, early twenties, I think it was, when I was still at university. Um, my parents were heavily into horse racing, uh, came from a very equestrian, equestrian background and I got into gambling, not proud of it necessarily, but it taught me an awful lot. And I remember one afternoon, um, I had a, I had two big bets, which came off and I won a load of money. And then I had another bet, which I placed, which was actually ended up being my, my biggest bet that I'd ever placed. Okay. Cause I'd won all this money. I was like nothing to lose. So I put it on and it was, a, it was 250 pounds each way on a horse. The horse ended up coming, coming in like fourth, by like a, a whisker, a nose, you know. And I remember, to put it crudely, you know, my bum was going like that, basically. I was <laughs> properly, I was just like, oh my, and I, and I could not, um, it took me days to get over that. But actually, at that point, I was like, no, gambling's not for me. Like I, right. that 500 pounds, which I lost then was actually, again, one of the best investments I've ever made because it taught me a very valuable lesson. Yeah. Maybe your competitor just, just hasn't paid the price for that education yet. Exactly. Um, exactly. And it'll come, and, it'll, it'll yeah. happen. Yeah. And you know, um, at the end of the day, I've, I've got lots of, um, I've got lots of failures. Um, you know, that, that $4 million one is, is just one. And, you know, and you learn expensive lessons along the way in life. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's just as long as your successes outweigh your failures, that's your net gain. And you you so have to you pay that in order to, to get the three successes. It was just part of the process. You know, and exactly. you're clearly a man who has, um, has faith in you in not just your ability, but in, in the planet as well in terms of like, you know, doing everything the right way. So like hats off to you. I think it's amazing what you're doing. Um, you. Talk to us about, so you're also a director of a, a charity, Water School. So talk to us about that. Yeah, so um, Water School is uh, is a clean water um, charity. So it focuses on clean water projects in Uganda. Um, I've been involved now for thirteen years. Um, I, I initially started just as a uh, as a donor, you know, sitting on my couch in comfortable Canada, writing writing a check at the you know December thirty first each year, just like okay, who am I donating to uh, for you know, um, and so. Uh, you know, it wasn't large, but it was, it would grow. And so then um, over time, I got more and more involved um, in the, do, in the domain name industry. Um, I was telling people what, what we were doing, uh, what, uh, what water school was doing. And one of the guys uh, got really excited about it and he actually travels a lot. And so he swung through and uh, Africa and went to some of the projects and, you know, I'm a germaphobe. By nature, I mean, um, you know, probably wash my hands twenty times a day, um, and I was like, I'm never going to Africa, right? I see, I see the late night commercials, and I'm just like, no, I'm never going. And um, anyway, this guy Greg um, put together groups from the industry to say, hey, let's go over there and I go and see the projects of, of what Water School is doing, and let's let's start to donate as an industry, right? Let's uh, not just have it be um, you know, a pet. Um, charity of, of one or two people donating. Let's let's try and get. He wanted to get everyone in the industry to, to donate, and because he was so um, charismatic and he had relationships with so many people in the in the in the industry, he was starting to get more and more people to go. And so I went along with him, and um, you know it, that turned into um, myself getting more involved and eventually joining the the um, organization as executive director. And, um, you know, it's, it's been an absolutely an amazing um, uh, organization to, to be part of. I mean, that's, it, it is why we started uh, NamesCon with the, the domain name conference. Uh, we started that simply because we wanted an event at which to hold what we call water night where we, we get people together, we shave their heads, um, um, you know, and people donate money. And so we needed an event 
And sounds it sounds a bit it. like a cult there, Richard. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was more it was more alcohol fueled. <laughs> no, <I know. laughs> um, and uh, and so we held uh, water night at NamesCon, um, you know. And we over the over the years that we ran that I ran NamesCon, we raised half a million dollars for water school. Um, and then, uh, and I have since, um, sold names con, um, but we continue to, uh, to look for a place that we can hold the water night event at, um, and yeah, water school in Uganda has 50 staff. Um, it does amazing work, you know, waterschool.com because I'm in the domain name business, waterschool.com, um, is where you go. And it's, you know, I was a, a, an absolute skeptic on, um, on donating to charities, but, um, the reason I got involved in water school in the first place is because they were completely transparent about how the funds are being used and, you know, you know, one, one of the first meetings I went to, the guy was like, well, you know, you can show up you know, call us from the airport when you land in Uganda and we'll take you to a project. Cause I was, I was like, Oh, you know, I've, I've donated to some, some of these projects. Um, it was in actually in Mexico, uh, where, you know, your donation goes in the front door. Um, and then, you know, the next week you see the, the items that you've donated and they're in the market and they're up for sale. Right. And he's like, no, we're trans completely transparent. Just come to Africa, check us out. We're not going to pay for any of your flights um, or any of your, you know, travel, but you're welcome to come. And I like that on two accounts. You know, one, I didn't want a charity paying for donors. And two, the transparency was um, was really paramount for me. And so, you know, we did. I've been uh, several times. Um, and, you know, there's been dozens of people from the domain industry have, have gone and gotten involved. And so it's... Uh, it's an amazing work that uh, Water School is doing over there. I, th- I think it's um, phenomenal what you're doing. Like, I'm a, a huge advocate of like business for good. Like, there should be always be an element of um, like, yes, do everything right by the client, and yes, do everything ethically right by your business. But also, if you've got the opportunity, if you're making money, there 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 should always be enough to go around and help other people out. And um, my my chosen charity, funny enough, is actually um, water related as well. So we support Four Ocean. So for every client we take on, um, we donate some money to Four Ocean. I also have people who um, they pay to um, contribute to my blog as well um so all of those donations go towards four oceans we've raised um uh, quite a few thousand dollars for four ocean now as well which excellent kind of just uh, really that's why i do it you know the business side of it is fun and interesting but actually the stuff which makes a big difference is being able to give back so um kudos you've donated a huge (laughs) amount of money by that made a massive difference by the sounds of it cool we're coming towards the end so i've got a couple of um couple of sort of final questions um so at the moment you're kind of busy developing the ai behind logo com um you've up, rolled out some updates recently so talk to us about kind of um, where you're up to with that and how the listeners can potentially kind of um get stuck in and have a go themselves if they want to yeah i mean you know logo.com is um very easy to use it's free to use um you only pay if and when you you find a design that you love and want to download so you know going in typing in your your company name slogan category um you're going to be within minutes you'll be presented with hundreds of different logo designs and you can tweak each one you know you can change the icon the the font the text the colors uh we're trying to um we're trying to push and present um different designs to you rather than having you go through what feels like a questionnaire um, on on other and then being dumped out into the like a Photoshop-esque editor. Um, so we're trying to take them an absolute minimal amount of information and then present you with you know um, 50 different designs to start that have you know 20 different icons in those, and then you can go in and say, oh, you know what, I like that icon, but I like that color, and I like this, and then you can combine them, you can tweak it, um, and then if you like it. Um, then you can download it. I mean, you know, our lowest package is $20. It's so inexpensive. Um, and then, you know, we, we give, you know, come from the domain name business. So we give a domain name away for free. Um, when you, when you take a patch for 60 and, you know, we have, we have the website building, but our, our goal here is to get you, um, with a brand or a, a brand refresh and online as soon as possible. So rather than um, having taken that two or three week or two or three day, if you pay more um, with, um, with a, with other design solutions, whether it's a contest or a designer or a bunch of designers, 
um, we're squashing that down into what is should be less than 20 minutes. And that, that includes presenting you with designs and having you go in and tweak those designs. And so within 20 minutes and $20, um, you're now able to, to move on to the next step of building your website, getting your logo, getting your business cards, um, you know, design, getting back into that website builder. And so um, a lot of people, you know, it's about momentum, right? You've got this idea, you've got the weekend, you know, you're like, okay, I want to see, do I have legs for this, this idea I have? And people jump in, they get onto whether it's Wix or Weebly, they start to build and then they get to the logo design and they're like, oh, I need a logo. And then they go off, um, go to a contest and they're like, oh, it's going to be 10 days. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll do it in three weeks from now. Well, no, let's keep the momentum going. Just get a logo from logo.com and keep going, right? It's still Saturday morning and, and then you can uh, you'll build out your website. And then by Sunday, you're, you know, you're starting to do your marketing plan. Like this is, if you, if you drop the ball or if you allow um, clients to drop the ball, it, they, it can just go sideways. And three weeks from now, something's come up and it three weeks turns into three months. Whereas if you can, sh- so that, that 20 minutes of a logo design um, to us isn't just a, a, a one um, a one-on-one um, a transaction. To us, it's as part of the um, bridge of getting someone from an idea to being an online um, business or to being um, to having their online presence is an important um, link in the chain. And if we aren't there to deliver that twenty-minute solution, the likelihood of these people not making it online is extremely high. And so we feel like over time, you know, the amount of change that we can contribute to, um, you know, when you're measuring that over thousands of different uh, relationships, um, that, that change is just astronomical when you, when you think about the effect and the ripple effect that you're going to have on those people getting online, those families that then are affected, and then those clients that they're serving, um, the ripple effect is, is massive. And well, so that's, that's the value we're, we're delivering. You, you've kind of leaned up the, um, the design logo design process, which I absolutely love because it, it, you know, go back 20, 30 years. It was like you said, a very long un, uh, unwieldy process that a lot of business owners these days, cause we want it all now. will probably just give up and actually, you know, we not, you probably lose some business owners who maybe, you know, they give up that quickly should they be in business, but equally probably some great business owners with amazing ideas that just never quite get over these uh, sort of you know, what probably you and I find as quite simple steps for them. It might be quite hard. So any way that we can kind of reduce the friction in that process and kind of get them started is, um, you know, it's definitely a worthwhile thing. Um, There was some, there was a question that I was going to ask you and it's totally slipped my mind. So we'll just, we'll, Oh, I was going to ask that was what it was, Richard. So so obviously there's a lot going on with logo design or logo.com at the moment, but what's, what's next for Richard? I'm just curious about, I wonder if there's a personal project which you're kind of working on at the moment or. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, because it's, um, it's now, I turned 50 this year. Um, I've, I, it's now 20 years since I survived colon cancer. So I'm doing a, um, a charity ride, um, this, you know, social distancing charity ride in August. Um, and so it's 200 kilometers in two days and I'm doing it with wow. my two sons. Um, and I am raising $20,000 for cancer research. Um, so I, I ask, uh, anyone who, uh, you know, the, the, anything that today has resonated with them, um, please, um, go to lau.com, lau.com and you'll see my, uh, my pledge, um, page and just ask that you, you know, chip in. It's for a good cause it goes to, uh, cancer research here in Canada and, um, you know, help celebrate that I'm, I'm still here. Absolutely. Well, um, I will definitely donate. We'll make sure that we share that link as well. And it has to be said that the the only guy who owns, you know, the logo.com domain name can is the only guy who can have a shorter, even shorter domain <laughs> name for his own personal brand. That's amazing. Um, listen, we've got I've got one final question. Obviously, we'll share all of your contact social media links and things in um in the show notes and uh, alongside the, the video as well. Um, we're gonna hop into the fearless business time machine now. And you get to choose which date you punch in in the past. And we're going to go back to that, that time. And then you've got to have a word with Richard minus X number of years. So when, when would that date be? And what, what message would you tell yourself? You know, I, I, um, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, well, turn your clock back to before you had cancer. 
Um, but you know, I'm not going to, I, I'm going to take that lesson and take the, the, um, the lesson of, you know, merging with that, uh, um, unfortunate company, um, afterwards, uh, you know, taking that loss. I'll, I'm, I'm going to take the, uh, time machine to, um, after that, not before that. Um, I'm going to turn it back to, um, when I first got an iPhone, um, you know, cause I went from a Motorola flip phone to an iPhone. And I was—I distinctly remember like looking at Google Maps. And you think about the iPhone one and how slow that was, but it was absolutely astonishing to be able to walk around in your house and you know the map turned when you turned. I remember that? Yes, Halcyon <laughs> days, amazing. And that was uh, that was you know um, the 2000. Or I'm going to say 2007. I think I, I got my first iPhone. So 2007, 2008. Um, and I'm going to say, you know, invest, you know, I was doing well in domain names, but invest in what, you know, cause I, I've made investments in things I didn't know and I've lost my money, but invest in what, you know, so I, the two things I knew that the Apple iPhone that I was holding in my hand was revolutionary. And I was like, you know, I wish I had put money into Apple then. And the other thing is that I, knew um, coming in the domain business, I knew that the domain name pricing was going to go up every single year. And so at a rate of 7% increases per year, you're doubling your prices every you know, 11 years, compound interest, you know, the, the beauty of compound interest. So I wish I had invested just in Apple and in VeriSign. <laughs> well, like, interestingly, I had a guest on the other day and he said something very similar. He wished that in 2003, he'd invested $5,000 in uh, this little young guy called Mark Zook, who was in his dorm room, yeah. you know, Harvard or wherever it was. Like, yeah, fair play, because I probably would have bought you about 20% of the company back then or something. But, yeah. um, but <laughs> um, so, oh, thank you. That, I mean, with hindsight's also a wonderful thing, isn't it? And I'm sure there are other great opportunities that are going to present themselves to you. And I think, um, you know, I'm, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you today and I can really feel the um like the amount of energy that you're giving back to your your clients that you're getting through logo.com through the charitable causes which you're doing and, and obviously through all of the the different um, businesses you've been involved with over the last 30 years it's absolutely a phenomenal journey and I'm sure that everybody who's been um sort of listening in um will agree with me that um it, it was a pleasure having you on as a guest on the fearless business podcast Richard well thanks very much it's an honor to be here 